You are this country's first openly gay prime minister. How big a deal is this for you personally? Brexit process. U.S. investment bank Lehman Brothers collapsed. I said this was a once in a generation a vote. financial crisis. But I believe we have voted today for the next generation. Don't be rude. Ireland has spoken with a clear, strong voice. I think I should stop now and start again because I don't think you this is a good news. start of the debate. Welcome to the Dublin Law and Politics Review podcast, in which we discuss current political events. My name is Anneli Kamoy, and with me today is Gugun Gamilar, with whom I'll be discussing his research on interreligious dialogue. If you like this podcast, don't forget to subscribe or find us on social media via at Dublin LPR or on our website, dublinlpr.ie. This podcast is furthermore played on Swatch Radio Navi Mumbai and on Galway's Flirt FM. So welcome, Gugun. How are you? Very good. How are you, Anne? Thank you for inviting me. Yes, it's a pleasure to have you. Yeah, me too. It's a pleasure, you know, to have you in our wonderful discussion today. Yes. So can you tell us a little bit more about your research? What is, first of all, interreligious dialogue? It sounds very complicated. Yes. Uh, thank you, Anne, for uh, having us, uh, having me today. Uh, yeah, my title of dissertation, uh, I'm going to focus on the uh, Pancasila State Ideology and Interreligious Dialogue. So Pancasila is the five principle of the state Indonesian state ideology, and uh, we are focusing on the interreligious dialogue. So what are the five principles uh, uh, state ideology? The first, first, the first one is uh, uh, belief in one supreme God, and the second one is uh, humanity and justice, and the third is uh, unity of Indonesia, and uh, the fourth one is uh, the consensus by the people representative of Indonesia, and the, the fifth is uh, social justice. So I'm going uh, to focus uh, the relationship between the state and religion in Indonesia as seen through the lens of the Pancasila state ideology. So the okay, origin so of- what is, yeah. what religions are there in Indonesia? Yeah, actually this is the problem in our country. Uh, so the government, the state only recognize the six major religions. The first one is uh, Islam, and the second one is uh, Catholic, and the third one is uh, Protestant. Because in our country, you know, Catholic and, and Protestant become religion. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, Catholic and Protestant, and then Buddhism, and then Hindu, and then the last one is uh, Confucianism. So this one, the sixth uh, religion. But the problem is the, minor, the minority, right? We have more than 25 indigenous religion in Indonesia that uh, the government uh, doesn't, recognize, doesn't recognize as the official religions, you know. And then the atheists, you know, uh, the government can, uh, cannot uh, adopt the official uh, atheists, you know, to be one of the major religion. And also uh, the uh, Shiism and Ahmadiyya people. So that's become the problem. And also the important thing is the Judaism. <laughs> the Jewish people. So there's a lot of uh, issues in, in, in religion in Indonesia. Mostly the people of uh, Indonesian who didn't get the, the, the authority from the government is around 40 million of people in Indonesia. That's quite a lot for a minority group, 40 million. Exactly. And what is the difference from a practical or legal perspective, perhaps, between being recognized as a religion 
and not being recognized? That's a very important question, and thank you so much. So, I have my own identity card. Uh, you can see me here. I bring it today because it is really important. So, I will discuss in my chapter, uh, in my dissertation. This is my identity card, right? Identity card. So, the okay. problem here is in our country, we have to put our official religion. This is so funny in Indonesia. <laughs> Okay. So it is different with the with the Netherlands and uh, in the UK and then in America in, in some other countries. So the problem here is religion. Religion in, in Indonesian context is agama. Agama is our uh, name of religion. But agama is is very narrow uh, context in Indonesia. Agama becomes uh, the sixth official religion. You know, the third agama is uh, used during the uh, the Dutch administration in Indonesia. So right now it's still used in Indonesia. So the, the Dutch uh, administration and until now recognize only six agamas in, in our KTP. We call it KTP, the identity card. So we have mm -hmm. to put our religion, whether Islam, Protestant, uh, you know, and then uh, Confucius, Confucianism, uh, Buddhism, and Hinduism. This is the rubric of uh, agama in our national identity card. And what it's, happens if I am, say, for example, a Shiist? Uh, would, what would I write on this exactly. identity card? So if you are a Jewish, uh, if you are a Jewish, or if you are atheist, you have to put your religion here. It, it becomes, uh, you know, for example, become a Muslim, become a, a Protestant or a Hinduism, or become a Confucian. It's, it's not fair, you know, for everybody. Belief, yeah, belief in one God is something sacred, you know, in the individual matters, not the government matter. Why the government should interfere the belief system in one individual? So this is very problematic in our uh, in our uh, democracy system within state and religion. That's why Indonesia is not uh, Islamic country, is not a secular country, but Pancasila. But the problem itself in Pancasila is we cannot adapt the indigenous religions. The atheist, Judaism, the Shiism, the Ahmadiyya. They should adopt one particular official religion in Indonesia. That's I want to uh, explore more and discuss more in my chapter. So, what are you then researching? You are talking about um, exploration of interreligious dialogue. Yes, exactly. Are you suggesting that, um, for example, there should be no religion on your identity card or all religions should be accepted. What kind of solution are you researching? Yeah, I'm, I'm discussing and I'm researching on my dissertation is I want to bring uh, people in dialogue. Uh, in. So, okay, let's say uh, the government has the status of legal religion, okay, but in our society, but how we can proceed our future intelligence dialogue? So in my uh, dissertation, in my own research, is I want to bring uh, some uh, interfaith uh, agenda uh, solution in my own dissertation. For example, uh, interfaith dialogue through festival, because uh, we have a lot of you know uh, cultures uh, in Indonesia, but we can do it practically during the interfaith festival dialogue. For example, bringing people with different uh, uh, religion and different race and different uh, background of people. So we can do it through in, uh, interreligious dialogue, interfaith dialogue movement. And now also... Sounds, oh, yeah. sorry, continue. 
yeah the second thing is uh, the power of dialogue and uh, from the government level uh, grassroots level and, edu- and and education level we should bring people into dialogue you know sometimes we are as the majority the the word of pluralism and the word tolerance is something you know strange in our country that's why i want to promote the word of pluralism and and tolerance as the solution of interfaith dialogue in indonesia so i hopefully you know my own dissertation can be uh, productive for 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 the grassroots level how i can bring uh, you know my own paper into into real area for example i have a ngo right so how i can bring the, my paper into the ngo area and we can discuss you know for for dialogue it's very important and yes and perhaps this is my clouded judgment having always lived in a secular country <clears throat> why is this not happening it sounds so logical and it sounds so natural to promote mm-hmm. interreligious dialogue what are the obstacles that you face in indonesia for example uh, and uh, uh, the obstacle we have because we have to put the the official religion here you know for example the administration uh, obstacles and so when when you are married with the with people who don't possess the religion or agama in indonesia it's really difficult in administration we you don't have the you don't have the 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 uh, national identity card you you will not have it and then the second one is uh, the marital status is going to be problematic and the third one is the the the, the social uh, phenomena so you will be uh, discredited by the people who possess agama religion in indonesia is really you know problematic if you don't have agama if you are atheist if you are uh, jewish if you are shia or ahmadiyya or indigenous religion is going to be problematic living in indonesia you know okay <laughs> but Yeah, that's uh, that, that, the that does not sound like a big problem. So, yeah. if two Jewish people would like to get married in Indonesia, that would be an issue because they don't have a gamma. Very difficult. Very difficult. Now, who is Even keeping this system in place? Sorry, sorry, Anne. Who is keeping this system in place? The system of agama. Oh, Ministry of uh, Agama, Ministry of Religions. So, the, this Ministry of Religions. Uh, 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 constructed after the independence from the dutch so agama has been administrated uh, during the dutch colony until now so but the problem is when you are married uh, with the non official religion it's going to be problematic for example interfaith marriage in indonesia is still become the major issues crucial issue you cannot marry because for example i'm a muslim so uh, and then i marry with the non muslim you know it's going to be problematic in indonesia You should possess okay, so, the same religion when okay, you are married. <laughs> so married people should also possess the same religion. So Exactly. If a Catholic and a Protestant would get married, they should both either be Catholic or Protestant. They couldn't keep their different agamas. Yes, exactly. We should be the same agamas. <laughs> because because there is two system uh, marital status in Indonesia. First, official religion, for example, me and Islam, and the second one is the official government for for the uh, identity card and the second one is for the family card okay yeah that sounds uh, fairly confusing so yeah. you mentioned That's that the system the, was so set lot, up sorry but you mentioned this system was set up um, after the dutch independence so after the dutch left 
who was it that introduced the system? Was it the Dutch or was it the Indonesian government? Both of them. Both of them. Both of them. Yeah, both of them. Yeah, I, I, we understand that the, 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 the Dutch use agama to, you know, to empower, to make powerful uh, system, you know, during, during that time. But right now, because of the, the Dutch colonization and the indigenous people, but the term agama is not being amended in our constitution, in our constitutional system, in our uh, political system. Once uh, the party wants to amend this system, it's going to be a radical uh, ideology. For example, ah, this is from, from, from the Western perspective. This is from uh, the, the colonialist perspective. This is from the American perspective. So it's going to be not easy for, for us to amend the system of agama, the, the term of agama in Indonesia. It's very difficult. Very difficult. Yeah, it sounds very difficult. Yeah, so very difficult. you've been researching this topic for quite a while now. Yeah. What have you find found? What kind of results did you get? From the chapter one, uh, for example, uh, sorry, from the chapter two, because uh, chapter one I haven't uh, uh, written yet. Uh, it started from from chapter two. So my result from the chapter two is uh, I recommend you know to Indonesian government, especially who handle this ministry, uh, Ministry of Agama, to amend you know the issue of indigenous religion. We should uh, you know uh, involve. We should uh, you know protect the minority right. For example, who live in in the jungle area, who live in remote area, they are discriminated, you know, uh, by the by the people who possess agama in Indonesia, you know. So they li they live insecure, you know. Uh, they can they can they cannot practice the agama in in our society. They cannot build the house of worship in our area because due to the regulation system in governance system in in mayor system. So it's going to be difficult. So I recommend to Minister Agama to amend this regulation to be more uh, modern, you know, to be more, uh, you know, hu hu human, you know, uh, because our future uh, life is going to be different, like not in the past, you know, like in, in the Dutch uh, system area, not like in the 80s area, you know, it's going to be different. Yeah. So I recommend to amend this regulation to put indigenous religion in our KTP, in our national identity card. And is it just the government policy that is difficult and providing an obstacle? Or is there also still some intolerance towards these minority religions among society? Exactly, exactly. And yeah, intolerance uh, uh, still happen in our society today. Uh, the religious radicalization, religious intolerance, you know, uh, because right now is uh, the rise of the uh, Wahhabism, you know, the Wahhabi is uh, from, come from the Saudi who really strict in Islam, and also the the uh, Shia propaganda in our country, you know, who have uh, the money to provoke the Sunni Islam, and also the Ahmadiyya, uh, the Ahmadiyya agenda, you know, to be put in our uh, system as agama, as the new religion. So as the Sunni, I'm as a Sunni Muslim in Indonesia, uh, when we see Ahmadiyya people is outside of Islam. Yeah, because uh, they they assume that, pro, uh, proclaim that the Mirza Gulam Ahmad is the new prophet in their agenda. But our real prophet is the prophet Muhammad. So this is the quite a big difference. 
issue in our our in our system. And that's still reflected today in society, not just yeah. with religious leaders. Yes, exactly. Sometimes the, the the use of agama become the political movement, you know, to vote polit uh, politician to vote the presidential system, and because we are majority system, you know, uh, majority uh, agamas, uh, Islam, for example, ninety percent. But the use of the word Islam, uh, you know. They use Islam as the to put you know uh, into politics that we don't disagree in our system. You know, it sounds like you have a long process ahead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, I think uh, we have a lot of challenges in our, in our system and uh, in the future, not only in internal Islam but also outside of Islam. You know, for example, it's not easy to build uh, churches in West Java where predominantly is a Muslim uh, society. And also we are not easy to build a church in, in Papua, Papua area, where predominantly is a Christian area. It's not easy. That's, we want to amend. The regulation system in our system is, uh, is, is meant to be amended. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much for talking to me. Is there anything else about your research that you would like to share? Yeah, uh, hopefully my research uh, is uh, going to be uh, a solution for our system in, in Indonesia uh, and because interreligious dialogue is very, very important. You know, uh, we are, of course, we are not Islamic country, but also uh, we are a majority Islam. But the majority always uh, ignoring the minority right, for example, the Christian, the Judaism, uh, atheists, uh, you know, what I want to talk in my paper is I want to bring a solution how to bring people into agenda of interfaith dialogue, interreligious dialogue, how we can make a peacemaking program, you know, regardless of the, uh, we are different in religion, but also we can make a good movement, peacemaking program in our society. This I want to focus on my area, how we can promote peace uh, agenda, how we can uh, promote uh, interfaith dialogue agenda in in my paper into action that sounds like a good plan for the future and i mean i mean <laughs> it's very inspiring to hear people researching and promoting pluralism tolerance and at least dialogue that's yeah. at least talk to each other yeah it's so, challenging thank you it is very challenging yes think, yeah. thank you so much for talking to me today and thank you all for listening to the Dublin Law and Politics Review podcast today with Gunga Miller on his research on interreligious dialogue. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to subscribe or follow us on social media via at Dublin LPR. Comments, questions, and suggestions are very welcome via contact at dublinlpr.ie. This was Annelie Kamoy, and I wish you a very pleasant day. And thank you again, Gugun. Thank you so much, Anne.